Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I'm 42, and I have two sons, Alexandre and Nathan, making me a busy mom of two under two. (laughs) Today, we're talking about how to navigate the social media world, and let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, my name is Heather Fox and I'm the co-host of Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and I have a son named Hudson who is a year and a half. Hello everyone, my name is Jasmine Nagy. I'm 30 years old and I'm the mother of two boys ages 10 and 6. I am a birth and postpartum doula and a medical office assistant for three midwifery centers, one on in North Van, one in Burnaby and one in East Vancouver. My name is Amber. I'm a stay-at-home mom to a little girl and little boy, toddler and infant age, so my kids are still young. My previous life, I was a commercial banker. Well, thank you everyone for being here. Let's start with Amber. How do you navigate the social media world for your family? Well, I think I actually post a lot less than I used to. Uh, Facebook's been around for 10 plus years now. And I can recall in my earlier years, I would post what I had for lunch and where we were going after work for drinks and all sorts of stuff. And these days I'm more inclined to post fewer, but more high quality pictures and things to share with my friends and family and network. I'd said generally we try to post pictures with the kids that are funny and interesting and just humble and nice photos. Um, there's a lot of, I've got people on my Facebook often that will kind of turn it into a humble brag with their kids and what they're up to. And then that's just not, uh, not what we do at my house. And for you, Heather. Mm-hmm. Um, for me on social media, I definitely find that I do want to also post quality posts. I have several friends that Definitely almost overshare and go towards the negative side a lot. And I personally have kind of almost made it my little mission to not be negative on Facebook. I don't find it's a place that I want to complain about things. But then at the same time, I'm not using it as a bragging place either. So again, um, we do have, even though our family does live nearby, they don't, I mean, everybody has super busy lives. So it has been a great way for grandparents to see, you know, little Hudson growing up. So I do, you know, put regular posts, but I'm very picky about them and I don't just post anything. So definitely it's more milestones or he did this or he did that or... Yeah, milestones and quality posts, anything professional, of course, sharing that and celebrating the photographer that took it. (laughs) And for you, Jasmine? Yeah, a lot's been covered, but for me personally, I overshare. So that's something I know about myself. And as my children have aged, I've sort of changed what I share on, um, mostly on Instagram and Facebook. And so we do share vacations. We do share day-to-day things. I have family back east and up in Whitehorse, so I find it important that they're part of the boys' lives. Mm. For my husband and I, what we have been doing, my husband is from England and I'm from Quebec, so and we live in the greater Vancouver area. Posting milestones been really nice for them. They can follow us on a weekly basis, so we do post every week in my family. But I am aware of what I'm posting. My son, we are really careful with not posting anything that uh, in the future that can impact his life. And it's really hard to know right now 
how things going to be in 20 years, right? And other things I'm really aware of is um, if you go for an interview in the future, often now they will go on Facebook, they will go on Instagram, they will go around to see what they can find about you. So if all your pictures of you are out on a bar drinking or I don't know, right? I don't know. Is it the image you want people to have mm -hmm. of you? So I'm a little bit aware about this, like who you want to be in the world and um, because Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's out there. Everybody can find you if they really want to. So yeah, that's something that um, as a business owner, of course, I would become Facebook friends with many of the moms from Jim Play Music. And that was a wonderful thing because becoming so close with the family, it was lovely to see their children growing up as they aged out of Jim But then that also meant they were seeing my private Facebook profile. And this is before I had children. So definitely I put my settings so people could not tag me in photos without my approval. Because yeah, if I was out and drinking or something, I definitely don't necessarily want that photo being posted on my profile. And um, definitely it was something that I was, you know, being a little bit more aware of and making sure that things were appropriate for it to be, um, for me to be kind of a leader in a community kind of a thing. So I think we have to be on top of our privacy settings mm -hmm. definitely, and take the time to actually understand them because yes. a lot of time people have no idea how this works. And I think it can have an impact if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. So Amber, are you worried about your safety with uh, the social media world? For me, not so much. I'm full time home with my kids and they're still really little. So we were talking about the geotagging capabilities of a lot of photographs and I think for us, if I'm at a certain park during the day and maybe I've tagged a post with the kids that we had a great afternoon at that park, I'm already home by the time that's gone on the internet. So I'm not so concerned, maybe some weirdos looking for my kids online right there. But I think perhaps if they were in a school or a daycare that I wasn't there and their photos were out there, then people, some, some crazies on the internet knew that they went to that school, that would definitely concern me. And for you, Jasmine? Similar to Amber, I'm not too worried about um, placing locations on my photos. I think it's a way for families to build uh, community and friends to see what you're up to, friends and family. And Heather? Again, very similar. And um, a lot of the times, just as Amber had stated, like by the time I actually go to post something, I'm not actually at that location anymore. So the posts are normally after Hudson's in bed and that's when I'm kind of going through our photos of the day and kind of deciding what I want to post. So yeah, safety, I'm aware. I don't want to be naive to it, but I'm definitely not super over-concerned about it. I think for me, the only thing I'm trying to be very careful with, if I'm away, I don't post ahead of time, then I'm going to be away. I'm not tagging myself every place as I go. So nobody needs to know that I'm at so-and-so restaurant or that I'm out of the house. I don't think so. You need to be gone to Mexico to invite people to come and uh, rob your house. You can just be at the rec center, pin yourself there, and uh, already, uh, if someone wants to get into your house and if they're looking into this, you're opening the door. Quite often, I will be posting after the fact. Often because when I'm going somewhere, I try to be present where I am, mm -hmm. right? I'm trying to be enjoying my friends, family, my, my child, you know? And then uh, I think for uh, myself, uh, I try to post on evening often. Mm -hmm. Another safety concern I think that we have today is around 
uh, partly nude photos, you know, where I'm actually really cautious about what I send my husband during the day, uh, text messaging pictures. Maybe if we have a, uh, we're playing in the backyard in the summertime in the sprinkler and my daughter's topless, I don't feel comfortable sending those to my husband on his work phone. Uh, that's the only one he hangs on to these days. Uh, you just never know what their IT department might think about that. And it is just not appropriate. So I think we're really cautious about that these days as well. Um, also, I could, something I like to think about too is when I'm posting something of Hudson is thinking of future consequences and not just with an employer, but potential other um, classmates and things like that, because everything we do post on social media is there permanently. It's there forever. And it becomes part of their kind of footprint out on the internet. And I don't, if something that I might consider to be super cute right now might be super embarrassing later on. And so I want to be kind of aware that what I could post now could contribute to potential bullying in the future. So just again, being very considerate that way. And I think it's something that we hear more and more about. And I think we have to be very careful with this. And I think it's important to take the time to show your children, to teach them how to be responsible and how to be respectful with other children or your friends and your families on the social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, To add to all this, this is great stuff. And I think what I'm hearing is there's a lot of concern around social media and how to navigate. For me, what's come up, um, because my boys are a little bit older, my 10-year-old and my 6-year-old are viewing what I'm posting. So before I post a photo of our family, I do get consent from everyone in the family that, you know, that's something they want to share with the world. Definitely has morphed and changed. Of course, when they were younger, there was a lot of baby spam and a lot of that. But now that they're old enough, they are reflecting on what we're posting and they're part of the conversation. So Jasmine, because your children are a bit older, how much time on social media do you allow them? Mm -hmm. So right now, um, my eldest has an Instagram account. It is private and he shares it with um, just family members. He hasn't posted since the spring, so it's not something that I have to monitor yet. It's not a big trouble in your house right now. I can't hear. Not at all. No, (laughs) not at all, but I'm sure we'll get there. Um, So in the future, I would say um, if we're home and not at activities or with friends, maybe half an hour to an hour. And for everybody here, do you consult your partner before you post something? For myself, I don't talk to my husband a lot. Um, honestly, it's it's not that we've actually had the conversation. He doesn't actually care that much. So he's he knows that I'm super picky about what I post. And so I'm not going to put something embarrassing above him or our son or anything like that. Of the two of us, I am definitely the one that does more of the posting. So generally speaking, I'm the one that's doing it and he's pretty okay with everything I've done so we are pretty good that way uh yeah I wouldn't say that my husband and I talk about it either we're pretty on the same page about the kind of things we like to put on social media and I would say generally we both share sort of a a more minimalist presence online there we definitely use iCloud photo sharing for family and that's offline so it allows us to share photos with grandparents on both sides and you know aunts and uncles that live out of town and sometimes I will post on there three or four times a day funny stuff that's going on of us in our pajamas for example that I don't think I don't think anybody cares about that to have on my Facebook uh just trying to be cautious about what we're putting out there And for you, Jasmine, do you consult your partner before posting something? Good question. Um, Now I do. And uh, in the past, I haven't. And so really working as a family on what we want to put out to the world is important. So, yes. 
for us, for me and my husband, my husband does most of the posting. We don't always talk with each other. Alistair, my husband, is very picky about what he puts out there. I think it's respectful to wait a little bit and consult with your partner. Heather? Um, yeah, just speaking of consent, whether it be asking your children or asking your partner, I think because I do have a couple of friends that are very strict with limiting their children on social media, it's super important that we are consenting with our friends mm-hmm. um, and family, other family, um, about also posting. So if you are at a play date and you take a picture of the children playing together, making sure to talk to those moms and, again, re- being respectful of those moms' decisions to have their children's post um, pictures posted or not. Um, and definitely as a previous business owner, that was something we definitely had to be, you know, very careful with if we were having a Halloween party, for, for instance, all the children look adorable in their Halloween costumes. But if we were taking a picture and wanted to put it on our Facebook page, we definitely had to have permission of every single parent for those children, um, because we had to be aware of, again, be respectful of their decisions and their choices. I think that's very important. Even when our website, anybody that is there, we already have uh, their permission and we always will ask for permission. Mm-hmm. And it's to respect each other. It's not everybody that wants their kids out there or family out there. And that's all right. What do you allow your kids to view on social media? I know here I have Jasmine as older kids. And Amber, your daughter is about... Two and a half. Two and a half. And me and Heather here about one year old. So for us, it's more future question. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So for you, Jasmine, so Mm -hmm. what do you allow your kids on social media? Um, To be honest, they're not that interested. But what I allow um, right now is that they they can look at my Instagram feed and go back in history. And they find it really nice to share memories together. So were they allowed on Facebook? Like, would no, they, no, no, they're not on Facebook. So they don't really use my phone for that, but it's more, I, I'm partial to Instagram. So they, they do so look. So it's kind of like us looking back at photo albums. For I guess sure. It's like the new way of looking through a photo album. It's they're going through your Instagram feed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you, do you, I know with children right now, it's a lot of Snapchat. Is it no Snapchat in no our Snapchat house. No Snapchat in your no. house either. No. Is it something you think you will allow in the future? Um, probably. Yeah. When, when my eldest is ready for that, then it's a way for him to communicate with his friends. So I don't think we'd limit it too much. Is your son has a phone right now? He does not. How old is he? He's 10. Okay. And in his class, he's, um, he's the odd one out. So most, uh, classmates have iPhones. They're using their iPhones at lunch and recess. Um, they are on social media. Um, but it's something that we choose to sort of hold off on. I'm aware that more and more families are going towards the basic phone again. Mm -hmm. So going back to the safety component, I guess calling, texting, and not having access to internet Mm -hmm. with their phone so they can't really go on social media. Mm -hmm. Have you been seeing a little bit of that around? I have, yeah. Um, His friend does have an iPhone and he doesn't bring it to school. So he has rules with his mom. Uh, It's basically to call mom or dad um, if need be. Mm-hmm. But they didn't go back to buying a basic phone. They didn't, no. No. Yeah. And for you, Heather, what do you think you will be doing with Hudson? Well, definitely sharing photos like like a photo album, like looking at Instagram and things like that. I can see us allowing him to do. I'd rather stick to more educational things for him, like watching Sesame Street and things like that. That's what I remember as a child, and I'd like to continue that more so over sitting down in front of YouTube and watching things there. I have a couple of friends, again, that have had bad experiences with 
finding things that weren't actually child appropriate hidden amongst the children's shows. Yeah, a little fun was he was toilet training and he was watching an episode of something he regularly watched and all of a sudden one of the bad ones kind of snuck in and it basically I guess unfortunately had the toilet was like about to like bite the little character or something and so after that he completely was freaked out of the toilet and it literally set toilet training all the way back he was terrified of the toilet and then, so it just kind of <laughs> it's not funny it's not funny because <laughs> that mom was like devastated she's like oh my god all my work for nothing but it was just like youtube never again like you just you, that's the thing it's like when you put your child down in front of sesame street as amber had been we were having a conversation earlier and she was talking about, you know what you're going to be putting them down in front of. Like we remember from our own childhood, I still can envision little snippets with Grover and Cookie Monster and Big Bird. And like, I remember learning moments, learning language. And I remember it was cool because I was in French immersion and they would have French on sometimes. And I thought that was cool. But then I also thought it was cool to be learning in Spanish as well. And it was just really great. So just choosing more educationally based things for Hudson to view and you know I mean eventually yes I mean 20 years from now or 15 years when he's a teenager I don't know what the latest social media thing will be at that point so I mean Snapchat might not even exist anymore (laughs) I have a niece that's you know at that age right now and Snapchat is a main thing for her and you know and so that definitely um and myself and um, her mom are both kind of on there to kind of see what she's kind of hosting every once in a while. But so it's just kind of letting them kind of have that experience, but being there yourself and making sure you're aware of it, I guess. And that way you can monitor a little bit that way. And for you, Amber, what do you allow your kids to look at on social media? Uh, again, my, my oldest here is just toddler age. So she generally is checking out, um, you know, lots of videos and the kids section on Netflix, I think is fantastic again, cause it's managed, but I think moving forward, we'll probably just try to teach the, you know, best decision-making skills and, and ethics and making good choices and being responsible and going at it that way. So rather than coming at it uh, from a restrictive standpoint, teaching her to make good decisions using that moving forward and, and let that be the guide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for our family, what we will be doing is, um, I think, to teach them how to use things uh, respectfully, like I was yeah. saying earlier. And I think it starts with ourselves. Yeah. I'm constantly trying to put my phone aside. Actually, often when I play with him in the living room, the phone is in the kitchen. And then uh, I'm not with him on the floor playing with my phone and waiting for the next text or the next email. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is teaching them to always be next to your phone, to always be waiting for the next message. And more and more, I'm seeing this with my friends around that has uh, teenagers or pre-teenagers. And um, you're sitting at a kitchen table and they are half listening to the conversation and they're looking at their phone because they're in the middle of a conversation with their friends. And I, I think it's going to be like this no matter what, but I think... It will start with yourself. If it's something you don't do yourself, you're not always on your phone. In the future, there's more chance than they will be like that too. Yeah. So that's something that I'm really going. I'm really going to be enforcing in my family. Or I, I, I hope I inspire my children with this a little bit. Because you're not present when you spend your whole time mm-hmm. just looking at your phone, and your kids are in the background playing, and you're like, "Oh, good job! That was fantastic!" And you're still on your phone. You barely looked at them. 
what are you teaching them mm-hmm. yeah. really mm-hmm. right yeah by being live on social media you're missing being live in real life mm-hmm. yeah you're not present in your family no. at all and i think we're all guilty at some point at some of this point, oh, for, for sure. sure yeah and I, and again, this is part of us. And I think we have to constantly remind each other. My husband reminds me. I remind them. And I'm not going to hide it. Sometimes it's annoying. But it is life now. And I think we have to plan some no social media time every day. Set boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. set boundaries. And talk about it with your partner, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because like, even like Amber, your husband works a lot of hours, right? And I'm sure you come back home and he's got... He has to catch up his own personal stuff, and then you have your things, and then, and same thing when like like Heather, your husband works a yeah. long long hours too, right? And, and it's frustrating. Like he'll come home and he'll go right on his phone. I'm like, babe, like why can't we just watch the show together? He's like, well, I haven't been on Facebook all day. Mm-hmm. So for him, yeah, it's him catching up on his own personal thing. But it's like, but it's our time. So yeah, it can be definitely frustrating trying to find that balance. So I think it's to talk about it with your partner, definitely. right? When you come back home, let's have family time. And after that, the kids are sleeping. So yeah, and to actually let them have this yes. time too. I mm-hmm. mean, specifically, I was just when I was on mat leave. Um, it's something that I made a point of when my husband would come back home to actually not necessarily giving my kids and get on my phone on social media. Mm-hmm. I was making a point of uh, having some family time and an hour later I would actually catch up on my Facebook or my text or whatever um, I needed to catch up at that moment. All right, ladies, anybody wants to add anything? <laughs> Yeah, for me, um, being a doula and being on call for midwives, I have my phone like a pager on me at all times. But um, again, it's modeling that that it's on me for work and being present and putting it down when I'm with family and really enjoying the moments. So I think it's communicating that with your children. This is the reason why mommy has her phone here, because like she's taking care of this lady yeah, and exactly. she might be calling. and. If they know this, it's actually teaching them being responsible and dependable mm-hmm. and everything that comes with your beautiful job, right? Exactly. And it's a positive, not a negative, right? It's like you said, it's educating them on why it's with me and then also being able to to put it aside, yeah. you know, and wait for the urgent calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing we do need to consider as well, we don't all have home phones anymore. So like, I mean, yes, before when we didn't have our smartphones, we had a home phone, but the ringer was on. So you were able to be reached if you're playing with your child, somebody could call and reach you. So we still have to be realistic. Yes, we don't want to have our phone there and be scrolling through social media, but we probably still need to have our phone available and make sure that if it's not right there, that the ringer is on. Because again, now that's your only source of people being able to contact us because we don't have that phone anymore. So again, yes, making sure that we're not, you know, glued to it, but at the same time, you know, maybe then, okay, I'm going to leave this in the kitchen, but I'm going to have the ringer on in case somebody actually has to call me. And I think mm-hmm. there's different ringer. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can have, and yes, different settings. So you can have yes. only phone that yeah. will ring or sometimes, yeah. you know, if your little one is sleeping, you may not want to have a ringer on, but you have your phone that's not too far mm-hmm. from well, you. Yes. And my baby um, monitors through my phone as well. So on, yeah, I have, I, I got to say my phone is on silence most yes. of the time. And one of the thing, it's when I'm driving, I will make a point. I, yes. I will call instead of texting. But then I'm aware then people out there, my friends, are maybe have little babies sleeping yes. or my husband is at work. So I find it's getting 
um, harder and harder to actually reach people over the phone. You almost have mm-hmm. to say, I will call you at three o'clock. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to text them first. <laughs> yeah, you have to text you? them first. Call Especially me when you have a minute. new moms because yeah. you yes. make sure the kids are handled and you've got that little yeah, minute of totally. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like if you have a, your child is sick and he didn't sleep all night and then the phone rings when he mm-hmm. just five minutes well, after just yeah. fall asleep. So of course your phone will be on silence right. then, I'm pretty sure. So yes, for sure. But like, yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game, not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask, sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Heather, can you please pick one and read it to us? Okay, dokie. So if you were leaving your province, which part of the country would you want to move to? So right now, we're here all from BC. So if we were leaving BC, where would we want to move to in the country? Whitehorse. Yukon. Yeah. Yukon. Why? I have family up there. It's stunning. Um, I like the sense of community that I've heard, and the arts and culture is amazing. So, yeah. Um, I'm a bit of a cowgirl at heart, I think. So perhaps we'd buy a big ranch somewhere in Alberta and uh, buy a bunch of cattle. And, and I've run this by my husband, actually, as a possibility for a retirement plan for us. And he said, it just sounds like an awful lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a yes or a no from him? That was a no. That was, that was like a let me know how you and the cattle are doing. <laughs> for me, actually, I would probably like to go somewhere in Quebec, maybe like actually Montreal or Quebec City. Um, when I've been there in the past for school and things, I just thought the architecture was so beautiful and there's so much history back there and um, where BC is so brand spanking new. Um, so I think that would be a really neat place to be somewhere completely different. I think for my husband and I would probably be back east in Quebec too. Um, for him, he doesn't speak French, so that could be a little bit challenging. It wouldn't happen before um, we retire, but it's something we're looking at maybe in the future. It's much cheaper to live back east and your money goes very far. If you love the four season, like we do, it's a fantastic place to live. We would like to live in a city where there's a ski resort close and you can golf during the summer. And my husband is a big dirt biker, so loves to get dirty. And uh, for me, as long as the great friends network around, I will be happy. And of course, the family component is very important there too. And I would love my children to speak French. I think for them to take them to a French Canadian place like Quebec, that's definitely going to help. Thank you so much for your uh, sharing today. Thank you so much for contributing uh, in other parents' life. Thank you, Heather and Jasmine and Amber. For listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please contact us on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean, or you can subscribe to this podcast uh, directly on our website at parenttalk.ca. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think, and also it's a great way to let us know what other topics you would like to hear about. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you everybody for listening and have a great week. The views 
and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.